0: Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone out to the services this morning. Especially like to welcome our visitors we have. We appreciate you being here with us today. I see a number of folks from Oklahoma. We are always glad to see y'all here. I uh, learned a lesson the other day. You know, I always try to support our young folks, especially those that are headed off to college, Anna Grace being one of them. And I should know better to say things that I know are, to people are smarter than me. Somehow I got, I now own an OU shirt that I will proudly be wearing at some point. Uh, not sure how I got myself into that one, but that's a good thing. Proud of her and all of our co- college bound folks. You know, one of the things I like doing, it's kind of weird I guess, but I like, I like looking at signs and bumper stickers and, I know this sounds silly, I like looking at patches on motorcycle Writer is best. I I don't know why. I just think it's interesting. Anyway, I saw one uh, not too long ago and it simply said, Jesus is the way. I thought, that's interesting. But it really kind of says it all. And I got to thinking about this and doing a little research. And, you know, today we refer to each other as Christians, those that are Christ like. We hear the term Christianity. Obviously describing those people, you and I, that follow after the teachings and the role model of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you know, in the first century, Christianity was known as the way. Acts 9 and 2, the Saul of Tarsus referred to the way and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, where they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Acts 22 and 4, Paul says, And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. After his conversion, Paul later said this in Acts 24 and 14, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so, so worship I thee God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. And down in verse 22, And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way. Today, we don't really hear our brethren referring to us as the way. What does that mean? The way. Christ actually taught about the way in Matthew 7, starting in verse 13. Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Not only did Christ teach the way, he stated he was the way. In John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I believe this terminology used in the early days of the church, the way was actually coined or at least used by Christ. So Christ is the way, which we know he is. Exactly what does that mean to us as Christians today. What is the way of Christ? How does the way of Christ pertain to me personally, to you, those striving to be Christ-like? I pray this morning we will see that Christ's way is the way to truth, and it is the way to life, the way to love, and the way to joy and peace. It's the way to forgiveness, and most importantly, it's the way to God. Brother, and I cannot tell you how many times I've heard this statement. I heard it actually yesterday. People will be at at, at a fork in the road. They just don't know what to do, and I'm lost, and I can't find my way. She's out there, and she's just trying to find her way. Folks, I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, your Lord and Savior, is the way. And I think that's part of the problem that we run into is we can't find our way. Brethren, stop looking for your way and start seeking Jesus' way. The way of Christ is the way of truth. John 18 and 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, heareth my voice. Again, back in John 14 and 6, Christ is the truth. I guess the first thing that we should do is ask the same question that Pilate asked in verse 38. What is the truth? In today's society, we like to be politically correct and say my truth may be a little different from your truth. You see, there's a lot of, you know, gray issues when it comes to the truth. In God's Word, in this Bible, truth is reality. Truth is factual. Truth is not relative or negotiable. Truth is just that. It is true and it does not change. We can read not only is Christ the truth, God is a God of truth. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Understand that all of these, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, are true, are factual, and are absolute. What is the truth that Christ taught? Christ is the way to truth. That fact, this fact, but what is it? John 8 and 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou? ye shall be made free. Jesus answered them, Barely, barely, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We're celebrating a holiday tomorrow. We are celebrating our freedoms in this country. You know who knows real freedom? A child of God. That's freedom. The truth is the fact that you are sinners. The reality is the fact that our sins have placed us in bondage. The truth is Jesus. And he sets us free from this bondage. The truth is Jesus came to this earth, lived as a man, suffered a cruel death for our sins, and was resurrected for us. Brother, Jesus is the way to truth. John three sixteen For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 15 and 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is the way of love. Jesus, being our ultimate example of love, taught us to love. Mark 12 and 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. We are taught to love Jesus more than family. This is the love that we are to practice. This is the love that God requires and that is Jesus' way. Christ taught brotherly love and affection. Christ said love one another as I have loved you. Is that the way you love one another? It's Jesus' way. The way in which you love your brethren, is that consistent with the way Christ loves them? Husbands, do you love your wife the way God instructs? His way. That's his way. Do you love your neighbor? Here's a good one. Do you love your enemy? Folks, Christ was the ultimate example of love on this earth. We have his teachings and we have his example. Heard a man say one time, man, I just I've looked over that stuff and I just don't know how to love really. Brother, that's because you don't know the way. You've never listened to his instruction or followed his example. Can you think of a greater act of love than that of our God? To send his only son to die for you. Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Brethren, when we lack love, when we fail to love, we are failing to follow Christ's example. We are failing to grasp God's love for us. Jesus is the way. You can never truly understand love until you truly understand their love for you. Every time we study with a young couple, or study in general, we're talking about love. You cannot talk of love without opening the book. In order for a husband and a wife to understand how to love their spouse, they have to look at Jesus the way. That's the only way, the only avenue to be successful. Jesus is that example of love. He is love. That love that suffereth long, that's Christ. That love that is kind. That love that envieth not and bonneth not itself. That love that is not puffed up. Christ's love is never rude. The love of Christ is never about himself. It is never selfish. The love of Jesus showed that we are his. His entire life was for us. It was not easily provoked. It did not rejoice in iniquity. The love of Christ rejoiceth in truth. Praise God that the love of Jesus Christ bore all things. His love bears our sins. Sins that we commit but cannot bear alone. His love believeth all things and to this day continues to endure all things. The love of your Lord and Savior never fails. Brother, I assure you, there are a lot of unknowns in this life. There are a lot of things that will let you down. There are a lot of people in your life, family included, that will disappoint you and it, they will hurt you. Some will even turn their back on you and leave you. Brother, there is one constant that is now and forever. That's the love of your Lord and Savior. If you love me, you keep my commandments. Brother, there have been times that I have not loved my Lord and Savior, but my Lord and Savior never stopped loving me. The love of Jesus Christ is a love that is beyond our comprehension. A love that is given to us is a gift. Jesus Christ is the way to love. Well, Sean, you know, all that's real cute. That's good stuff. I think that you know, Jesus loves me, and I, and I love folks, but, but what about, you know, I'm just not very happy. brother. he's the way. Life's tough. He's the way. John 15, 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Folks as a whole, I believe Christians around the world, including us, fail miserably at this. We look at our lives and we see restrictions and rules instead of God's love for us. We look at our lives and think we are being shorted in some way. We feel we're getting the short end of the stick. Raw deal. Maybe we don't have these things. I don't have that high paying job because I got to come to church on Sundays. But you know what the main reason for lack of joy and lack of happiness is? It's a lack of understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's really what it boils down to. It is failing to recognize the ultimate sacrifice. It is not realizing that not only did your Lord and Savior die for you, but, brethren, he lived for you and he rose for you. Jesus is the way of joy. Jesus is the way to happiness. Because he is who he is and did what he did. If the gospel of Jesus Christ does not bring you joy... And you probably got a heart problem. You missed something. As a Christian, as a child of God, you should be overflowing with joy and even happiness. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and you've never been baptized, I can see where your life could be consumed with sadness. There's nothing to look forward to. There's no eternal life. There's no mansions prepared for you. As a Christian, our lives are spent praising and worshiping God, and that should be joyous to us. Our thoughts of that eternal life with Him, joyous. You know, I'm almost 50 years old, and I hope I have another 40 or 50 to go. But can you imagine what it's going to be like? Can you imagine if you didn't have that hope and that joy? Can you imagine living 70 or 80 years and just thinking I'm dead and I'm going to become dirt? How miserable would that be? Knowing we have eternity with our Heavenly Father, there is never a time you should not rejoice and be happy. Again, I personally would like to spend another 50 years here on this earth. But guess what? I can be joyous thinking of what I've got coming. There will be a day I will stand in the presence of an almighty God. I've seen a deal on, I don't know if it's Facebook or whatever, but some of the ladies in the church were were talking about this, and I know a number of you have gone through this, um, Lori and I included. I have two, three beautiful children, because I've got Bailey now, uh, but actually Ethan was not my firstborn child or he was my firstborn child. He was not my first child. Lori and I lost a child many years ago. I will get to meet that child for the very first time someday. That brings me great joy. It should you also. Imagine a place where there are no more tears, no more heartache. Folks, if that doesn't put a smile on your face, then there is something wrong. The reason we have a lack of joy quite frankly, is because we have a lack of faith. When our faith wavers, which it does on occasion, of course we are saddened. Philippians 1 and 25, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. Well, Sean, I'm down and I'm depressed. I'm just not happy. Brother, check your faith. Build your faith... And you will build your happiness. Romans 15 and 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're here this morning, you realize how unhappy that you are. If your life has no joy in it, it's probably because you don't have Jesus in it. Jesus is the way of joy. Allow him to be that way put down the self-esteem books and pick up the book that matters. Jesus is the way and all you have to do is follow him. We just read how Christ will bring joy and peace. Christ is the way to peace. Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Are you troubled? Are you overwhelmed with anxiety and depression? Are you in a constant state of worry and unrest? Brethren, you need peace. Jesus is the way to peace. John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Have you ever been afraid? Afraid of the unknown? Afraid of the future? Continue in John 16 and 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus offers a peace the world cannot provide. Through Jesus Christ, you can have peace in your home. How's that sound? Some of you will go home today and you're going to enter World War III. Jesus can fix that. Jesus can repair your home. He can teach you how to have a happy home. Through Jesus, we can have peace amongst our brethren. Living a life Christ instructs us to have, filled with peace, our relationships will strengthen. Through Jesus, there could be peace in the church. And I'm not specifically talking about this congregation. I'm talking about God's kingdom worldwide. Can you imagine what that would look like? How powerful his kingdom would be. Christ offers us an example of peace that is very difficult to grasp. He can offer peace with your enemies. How would that be? You can do that through Christ. There is a peace greater than all others this morning. Understand that first and foremost, the way of Christ offers us peace with God. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God because of that sacrifice. We have peace with God because his son takes our sins away for us someday you and I will stand before God at peace because we'll be clean that's a peace like no other that's a peace you experience right here and right now if you allow it there are people in the world that don't have that peace and knowing their salvation there could be someone sitting here this morning that does not have that peace right now I assure you, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've not been baptized, if you've not had your sins washed away, you should not be at peace. And you're probably at war. Brethren, there is a peace in knowing the promise of eternal life. There is peace in knowing that someday I will be welcomed home. Do you have that peace? If you do not, I encourage you to do so this morning. You need to find that peace. You need to find the way. And that way is through Jesus Christ. The beginning of peace is knowing that it is through Jesus that we have forgiveness. You see, Jesus is the way to forgiveness. Forgive literally means to send away, to give up, to keep no longer, to give up resentment against or the desire to punish, stop being angry with, and to pardon. Matthew 6 and 14, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Jesus taught us to forgive. Jesus instructed his disciples to forgive. Jesus used parables to teach forgiveness. Paul later taught forgiveness to the Ephesians. We have examples of forgiveness in Christ. Luke 23 and 34, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When pleading to his Father on our behalf, he showed his willingness to forgive. Obviously, the greatest example of forgiveness is God's willingness to forgive us. Again, Jesus is the way to forgiveness. And it's only through Christ we can receive this forgiveness. Jesus is the way. Folks, you and I are filthy rags. Rags that are not... Worthy to be cleaned. But through the grace of God, through the willingness to forgive, you and I can be washed clean. And it's only through Jesus that that's possible. Praise God that Jesus is the way to forgiveness. Praise God for the son that was willing to make that sacrifice. Jesus is the way of forgiveness because it is through him that we are forgiven. It is through Him that we are made clean. 1 John 4 and 10, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Jesus is the way of forgiveness because He chose to bear your sins for you. He chose to be beaten. He chose to be nailed to the cross and humiliated. All that He did for you. That's the way of Christ. He was the sacrifice that you and I could not be. He was the ultimate lamb. He did that so you and I could be forgiven. He became our sin. Forgiveness without Jesus Christ would be impossible. There is nothing you can do for God to forgive you without his son. There's no sacrifice that we can make. There is no prayer that we can pray. Forgiveness is possible because the Son of God chose to suffer a cruel death that you and I deserve. He bled and died because you and I were incapable of doing that for ourselves. The forgiveness we receive is often very difficult for us to understand. Because there's a second part to that forgiveness. God tells us your sins, those things that abhor him so much... He will remember no more. And we have a hard time with that. You and I don't get that. You see, I can mess up and Lori can forgive me, but it's often hard for her to remember that no more. No matter what that is. Well, Sean, man, you don't understand. You, you don't get it, brother. I've done some horrible things in my life. I understand. So we'll buy. No, you don't get it. All those sins that you list, yeah, I've done them all. It's okay. Those sins can be washed away. They will be removed from you. We often say that God forgives and forgets, and that's really not accurate. If God ever forgot something, God would not be God. Psalms 103 and 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He chooses to remove those sins from you and remember no more, which is a great lesson for us when we are considering forgiving others. It's hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to remember no more those shortcomings of others, but God can. And that's the way to forgiveness, and that is through Jesus. Jesus is the way to numerous things, but first and foremost, he is the way to God. Again, in John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Ephesians 2 and 18, For through him we, have, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. To fully understand why Jesus is the way to God, we must first understand God's grace. In Romans 3 and 23, we see that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You and I cannot live a life without sin. We fail God daily. Oh, well, Sean, no, wait a second. I know you were talking about that fellow a while ago that did all those sins, but I don't sin like brother so-and-so. I'm not near that bad. James 2 and 10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Brother, it really don't matter how good you think you are. It doesn't matter how great a person you think you are. How many Bible studies you do throughout the week or how much church work you get done, you still fall short. Without Jesus, we are filthy in his sight. God cannot bear to be in the presence of sin. And without Christ, we are covered in it. Every time I start thinking of my sinful life, I think of the words of Paul, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? O wretched man. Brethren, that's me, and that's you. We are so unworthy of this grace. But he gives it to us. That grace is that gift given that you don't deserve. You've done nothing to earn it. You've done nothing. But he gives it to you. He looks at you and says, even though you've done all these things, I still love you. I still forgive you. And that's grace. How does Paul finish that up? Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is the way to God because he is the word that helps us comprehend God. He is the example that allows us to understand God, to truly grasp how great God is, how awesome he is. Jesus is the way to God because he came to this earth and lived as a man. He fully understands the trials and tribulations for us. Hebrews 4 and 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus is the way to God because he's the high priest. That high priest that is both the son of man and the son of God. One that lived this life and now reigns forever. Jesus allows us to approach God boldly. To stand in the presence of your maker. Continuing in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The way to God is a way of boldness. Boldness in Christ and the plan of salvation. Not anything that we've accomplished. Confidence in your Lord and Savior. Confidence in His blood. The way to God is the truth and is a fact. And that's what makes it bold. There is no doubt. There will be no doubt. Your faith allows you to approach God because you understand how powerful His blood and His Son are. How comforting is that? Knowing that Jesus is the way to God. In this knowledge, we must also understand that He is the way. There is no other way. There is no other way to God but through His Son. John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. John 11 and 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus is the way to life. Jesus is the way to eternal life. 1 John 5 and 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Brother, there are two aspects of this life that we have as his people. First of all, we have a quality of life that is more abundant because as Christians we have that knowledge of the promise of eternal life. You as Christians live a life knowing that someday you will stand before your almighty God and you will live forever with him. Folks, that knowledge is a blessing that we take for granted. The fact, the truth is, you and I have a life, if done correctly, is so much more abundant than worldly lives. And that's because of this knowledge. The love you receive, the blessings you receive are gifts from God that the world does not experience. The love of a Christian wife in a Christian marriage? The world don't get that. Looking up one day and realizing you have children that love the Lord, obey their parents, and obey God. Brother in the world, don't get that. Without Jesus, that's impossible. The family that you have here is a family more beautiful than words can express. This family was established because of Jesus. He gave us his family. You know, I have friends and guys that I've worked with over the years that their immediate family and the guys that they work with, that's their life. That's all they have. And I can't imagine that. I cannot imagine a life without my Christian family. It is a blessing and it's the way God intended it to be. Jesus spoke about this family throughout his life and it's very obvious this family was important to him. Brother, make it important to you. Jesus, love this family. Make sure your love for this family is the same. Jesus is the way. Follow the way. Jesus is the way to eternal life. Jesus is the way to eternal life in heaven with your God. John 14 and 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. i go prepare a place for you. The night before the Son of God was crucified for us, for our sins, he looked at his disciples and said, I'm going to go get your eternal home ready for you, and it's going to be a mansion. Have you ever heard more comforting words than that? Have you ever heard such beautiful words? To think that there is a place so wonderful and so grand, it's referred to as a mansion, Jesus is the way. He continues in verse 3, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus is the way to eternal life. Paul had this account in Thessalonians. For this we say unto, unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Jesus is the way to eternal life because he prepared our mansion there. Jesus is the way to eternal life because he will receive us. Jesus is the way to eternal life because he will also be there at our judgment. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. When we talk of eternal life, we must talk of Christ. For it is Christ that makes this life great. In Revelations 21 and 22, we see that Christ will be the temple. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Christ will be the light. Verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither to the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Jesus is the way to eternal life. Jesus is the light. Think about that for a minute. Think of how awesome that is. Someday there will be no need of the Son because your Lord and Savior will be there in His glory. What a glorious place. And that's for eternity. There will be no need for rivers and, and creeks and water supplies because He will be our living water. Brethren, Jesus is the way. No more tears, no more sadness. Brethren, whatever pain we are going through now, it will be gone. Whatever you're troubled with, you'll be troubled no more. Your eternal life will be spent praising and worshiping the one and only God. When considering Jesus as the way to eternal life, when considering all he has done and will do, would there be eternal life without him? Not according to this book. Not according to God's word. Jesus is the way, and he's the only one. This morning we talked about Jesus being the way to truth, the way to love, the way to joy and happiness, to peace and forgiveness, and the way to eternal life with God. Folks, this is a gift to us by the grace of God. This is a gift that doesn't cost us anything. But like my dad used to say, son, you still got to open the gift. And there's a plan of salvation. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is the way. Again in John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And as we discussed earlier, no one is good enough. Romans 3 and 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. 23rd verse, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Brother, the truth is this, we are sinners, unworthy, and incapable of obtaining salvation. Unable to enter into heaven without the way without Jesus. And there's another part. There's something that we need to be aware of. Brother, there is a judgment day. There is a day that you and I will stand before God, and we will answer for the life that we've lived. We will answer for our sins. St. Corinthians 5 and 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body, whether it be good or bad. Hebrews 9 and 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Then there will be a day that you and I will be judged. We will stand before our God. How will you stand? Are you going to stand Jesus' way or your way? What is this way? Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. 1 Corinthians 15 and 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep my memory when I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the scripture. The gospel of Jesus Christ is his death, his burial, and his resurrection. The fact, the truth is, he died for our sins. He was buried and he was resurrected the third day. You see what sets your Lord and Savior above all. What makes him the ultimate high priest is he is a sacrifice once and for all. Hebrews 9, we read that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Hebrews 10 and 10, by the which... We are all sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. brother. the sacrifice made for you was a sacrifice above all sacrifices. The blood shed was a priceless blood that was shed once and for all for your sins that continually washes away those sins. God looked down on this earth and he saw Sean Hanley and said, he is worth my son. I want you to think about that. Your heavenly Father looked down on you and said, you're worth it. Everything that he's going to endure, you're worth it. Well, Sean, that sound, sounds awful arrogant there. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee, and I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. That was the plan all along. And that's the way. He is worth sending my son to suffer an illegal trial, an illegal arrest, a mockery. Brethren, they spit on they slapped your Lord and Savior. They slapped the Son of God. And that was supposed to be me. You deserve that. But God said you couldn't handle it. Do you no know good? So he sent his son. He then suffered this cruel death and he shed his blood. A blood that is powerful. A blood that cleanses a dirty person like me. A blood that will wash even the vilest sinner clean. 1 Peter 2 and 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. "...who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sin in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls." This awesome gift, this awesome blessing... This washing away of your sins is freely given to you. God asked us to do a few things. A few simple things in order to receive this beautiful gift. In order to have that eternal life with your Heavenly Father. John three and sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Brother, you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God. And unfortunately, some people stop right there, and they teach that belief is enough. Brother, that is not the truth, and that is not the way. The devil and the angels believe, and there's more. Luke 13 3, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Repentance is necessary for salvation. There must be a change of mind and heart in order to change your life. You must take off that old life and put on your new life. Matthew 10 and 32, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Brother, in order to receive this gift, you must confess him. That means confessing him before man. What Christ says is when you do stand before your God, he's going to acknowledge you as his brother. If we fail to confess his name, he will deny us. You will stand before God and he'll say, I never knew you. Imagine, imagine the thought of standing before God and being denied. And that's a horrible thought. Mark 16 and 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Romans 6 and 5, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him in baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Jesus is the way and he led by example. When we are baptized, we are buried with him. Our old life is dead, and our new creature arises. And that is the way of Jesus. Jesus is the way to a happy life. Jesus is the way to eternal life. And you've been offered a great blessing. And it's only required to do a few things. Are you ready to turn away from that life you're living now and start anew? Are you ready to stop trying the worldly way? Stop trying your way. Your way's wrong. Your way's not going to work. Your way is inadequate. And your way will fail. The way of Jesus is not only the way. It is the only way. Are you ready to choose the way this morning? I pray you are. If you're here this morning and you wish to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be baptized with Him in baptism... Or perhaps you would like the prayers of the church. We ask you, please come forward as we stand and sing. Savior, me me come to me and rest. Come-